0: Good evening, and as once again we're here to worship God, and thankfully the water's not running behind me tonight. <laughs> uh, Martin, thank you, he found the switch, <laughs> so we've not got that bubbling mess behind us this evening. And the crowd is larger than we had this morning, that looks good <laughs> for a change. Glad y'all decided to come back, we do meet on Sunday mornings here in case somebody's of you have forgotten. <laughs> in that respect, but we're glad had, y'all had a safe trip. Everybody here is familiar with one thing. There's not a person in here that cannot think on the top of the head right now, a Bill Ingvall's, here's your sign joke. (laughs) Everybody is familiar with them because what he's telling us is this. There are times in every one of our lives that we do something that we deserve. Here's your sign, stupid. We do things that are stupid. We say things that are stupid. And it never happens when we're by ourselves that no one is around us. It is always we make sure we do this in front of other people. So they'll be very kind to remind us of what we have done or said in the past. We are familiar with this because we know as in life as a whole it happens every day. Even Jesus emphasized this fact. It even talked about it in a parable. Every one of us are familiar with the parable because it definitely explains unto us there are times we do things that are very foolish in life. The parable is the first 13 verses of Matthew 25. There the Savior simply says, "Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. the hour. We're familiar with this parable because so many lessons have come from it, and so many lessons can continue to be taught from this as we look at even the other two that are found in this particular chapter. But as we begin looking at this, we have to be fair for a moment. And what we have to be fair about is this. When we look at all ten of the virgins as the Lord brings this parable to us, all ten of them have oil in their lamps. They're working. But we have here, as he says, ten virgins who have oil in their lamps. Their lamps are working. They're ready to meet the bridegroom. They have, In their mind, they have everything they need. But then he breaks it down and says, We have five that were foolish. And he says, then we have five that we describe as being wise. So what's the difference? He says unto us, the wise are the one who, essence, then brought extra oil. In our day and time, we would say it this way. It's not like that we took a flashlight on the camping trip and didn't bring any batteries. We have a flashlight and it has batteries, but we did not bring any extra ones in case they were needed. And so that is what we start with, with that story. Talking about ten young women who were ready to meet the bridegroom. They were all prepared in their own mind of what they needed to do. But he says, five were foolish. Why? For not being prepared. And if you think about it for a moment, that is true throughout all of life. The foolish of this world, as we call them, only seem to live for the moment. Live for the right now, as it were. Because in their mind, that's all we have. We have our only promise of today. Let's live today to the fullest. Why? There will be no tomorrow. Live it up for now. And Jesus even taught us not to worry or be anxious about tomorrow. Did He not tell us in Matthew 10, 31, that God God who takes care of the sparrow, will He not surely take care about us? But you see there, Jesus is not teaching us not to be prepared. In that verse, He's teaching us not to be fearful. Not being fearful. There are too many passages that it goes on and on who reminds us day after day that we are to prepare for each day. We are to live for the day because this is all that God has promised us. And we may not even live through this day. But we can plan for tomorrow. We can look at tomorrow. We can make plans in the future because we need to. But we need to learn something. And that which we need to learn is found in James chapter 4. What did James tell us there? To you who are going to go into such and such a city and live there, he says, a year, buy and selling and get gain. And we're going to do all of this and that and have a good time for that year to make great amounts of money. And James says, wait a minute. Back up. You're forgetting something. What you're forgetting is this. If the Lord wills, we will do all of these things that in our mind we have promised ourselves to do. Notice James reminds us that we have to let ask the Lord for help, ask the Lord for guidance, ask the Lord for strength and encouragement that we will be able to plan only for tomorrow, but when tomorrow becomes the reality that is there with us, if the Lord will, we have planned to do these things. Again, is that not the same thing? Is uh, Christ calling the fool in the parable about the barns? Who turn around and says, I all had a great crop this year. It was an overabundance of crop. I'm going to store it all up, build bigger barns, tear down the old ones, and have a good time, eat, drink, and be merry. Life has been good to me. I have it all. I'm set for now. And what did the Lord call him? A fool. Why? He had planned for the day. He was all set, satis- worried, not worried about anything. All the crops are in. I'll eat good for years. You know, if I want to share it, I'll have plenty to share. And the Lord says, You forgot about something, sir. You forgot about your soul. Forgot about your soul. Because the Lord said, Tonight, I'm taking it. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. You see, the problem is this with too many. There's not a whole lot of difference between a fool and the foolish. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. He emphatically believes that. He sees all the proof, but says no. This was all done by evolution or whatever else he's come up with to define it. He says in his heart, there is no God. The foolish person knows there is a God. But lives as if they don't exist. In the long run, there's no difference. No difference. Because of the attitude. The fool will not take notice of the obvious. He refuses to see the obvious. The foolish person simply fails to take the notice of what's going on around them. So again, there really is no difference between a fool and a foolish person. In the end, the result is still the same. Still the same. You see, in the beginning, we've all been guilty of doing, being foolish about some things we have said or done. We can all look back we can all look back, find an opportunity that we wasted, a time which we could have done something that we just simply let it go on by and didn't carry it out. As we look back over those times and over those things, we always wish we could have what we call a do-over. to Just go back again and replay that, and this time we know what to do that is right, but that's not going to happen. We just have to remind ourselves when we look back at those things and realize there's things we said we should have said, things we've done we've never, that we should know better to do. And we learn that, we learn from others and we learn from each other. They've done this and they're trying to teach us not to do what they did. We try to show them to others what we've done. Don't do this. And yet at the same time, in spite of all of that, what happens? We still don't get the lesson, do we? Why? We are still doing them. We may not do the same thing again. We may have learned enough from that one not to ever do it again. But yet, at the same time, we simply just, at times, don't seem to learn from our mistakes at times. They just sometimes don't get it. Secondly, out of this, look at the purpose. The purpose of this lesson, of this parable, is found in verse 13. Watch, Christ says, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when I will return. You do not know the day or the hour. We may be foolish in a lot of things. And when we look back over life and says, I done this, I said that, that was stupid, that was dumb, I shouldn't have done it. I keep telling myself, don't do it again. But this is one thing in our lives we better not be foolish about. Not knowing the day nor the hour. True story. September 3rd, year 2000. A young man in Memphis lost his life. True story. Gunned down. But he wasn't what we can think about being a what we called a gang member or a gang banger. He wasn't that at all. You see, this young man would be the last person you would ever think of being found hurt or killed on the streets of Memphis. His parents attended a congregation of the church in Memphis. He was a good young man, had turned just 19, was in the team program at church, had been an Eagle Scout. Planned to enter the police academy in January of 01. Was a good, decent young man. Nothing that we could say wrong about him. But like so many young people who grow at the church, waited until it was almost too late to obey. Fortunately, he became a Christian two weeks before he was gunned down. That's not a fake. That's a true story. And why would we tell that? Because it reminds us the length of our days we do not know. We don't know the length of our days. When we listen to the news every evening, we hear constantly about shots fired throughout the city of Chattanooga, people young of age being shot down and killed every single day on the face of this earth. We do not know when life will be taken away from us. As James described it, what was a vapor that he says appears for a little time, that is briefly, and then does what? Vanishes away. But you see, for many, unfortunately, life is just too brief. How many little kids have we heard... We're not talking about the ones that die of childhood diseases. That's that's sorry enough, and it makes you hurt all over and cry when we lose one to a childhood disease. But why about the ones who've died at the hands of someone else? What about those we would just simply put that was murdered at the hands of someone else? A little life that was full of vim and vigor. The parents wanted to live a long life, and that child never saw maybe the third or fourth birthday, and they are gone. If we do go through life, if we go through life and pass up opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to prepare for eternity, it will become the most foolish thing that a human being can ever do. if they let it walk by, it is foolish. We can just take our sign and stand with the goats that we talked about this morning. We can stand with them on that day of judgment when the bridegroom comes and says it's time. You see, no one can share their religion with us. If you need to, we can donate a kidney and let you have it to live. But you see, I can't take off my part of my Christianity and hand it to you and say, Here, you can have it now. You're a Christian. Doesn't work that way. You see, it's also the same thing in another realm that people use to the years. I can't go to heaven on the coattails of my family. So my family were a member of the church. Am I going to get the, What am I going to do to heaven on the day of judgment? Well, Lord, my family was. I'm one of the family. Well, I went to church all my life, Lord. I never missed a service. I loved the Lord. I loved singing the hymns of people I've known all my life. I love them. And Now I know I didn't obey the God, but I went. But my spouse was, they, they obeyed the gospel, they lived faith, I follow them, I love what they did, they helped me in my life, they helped me through time. No. No. Others can talk to us, others can plead with us, they can beg us, and show us how to become a child of God, and how to live as one. But that choice is yours to make. It's yours to make. Others can help. They can guide. They can do whatever they need to do. But to be wise is to seize the opportunity. To be wise is to take it. Foolish is to walk away. Think about it again in the attitude of, of its pertinence to us today. We all remember TWA Flight 800. On that flight was a young couple. This is, just, again, not a makeup, this is true. A young couple was on that flight. Just a few hours before they boarded that plane, they had gotten married. They made their vows. They were going to love each other for all their life. They boarded that plane for a honeymoon in Europe. They were looking forward to spend these first nights together in a foreign land and enjoyed it as a time of honeymoon, a time of celebrating their marriage, and they board flight TWA 800. The plane takes off. Them with a hundred others. Thirty minutes later, that plane explodes and falls to earth in pieces. It it really happened. They really were aboard. A life that they had pledged to be together. A life in which they said to each other that day that I will love you and cherish you until the day that I what? Die. They were not expected. That almost happened the same day they got married. But it happened. You see, this goes on every single day. How many times have we heard of some friends who've gone on a vacation? They have let everyone know they're taking a the time off from work or maybe they've retired and they want to spend some time traveling. And they let everybody know, we're going to go out west for a while or they're going to go up to the northeast or whatever it may be. And they take off, we wish and will, we prayers for their concern. We know that they will enjoy bring send back pictures or bring back pictures, everything we can think of. And about four days later, what do we hear? Driving down the interstate the tower explodes. One dies, the other is paralyzed for life. What about your neighbor a neighbor whom you've known for years? Always look like a picture of health, so to speak. Goes to the doctor and just for a regular annual physical, like he always does every year, when the doctor comes back in the room and says, I have bad news. I have bad news. It happens every day. It happens every day. There's a popular slogan that says, Life happens. Life is what happens while you're making other plans. The same thing is true with this statement. Death happens while you're making other plans. Because we do not know when the end will come. No one really does. It is the fact that we need to learn and understand that life may come to a very sudden, abrupt end at any moment. You see, as parents and grandparents of young people, has not life's experience taught us just how quickly tragedy can come? And so with all of our hearts, with all of our efforts, you trying to teach... You try to train. You try to prepare those young people for eternity. That's why Bible class is important. That's why study time at home is important. As a parent and a grandparent, here's your question. Do you work with your children to help them get their Bible class lessons and memorize the Bible, and I don't mean Jesus wept. Do you? Do you read the Bible with your children? Do you make sure they understand the Bible stories? About, we could go for a little one about the and the well, and so forth. Do you let them understand and tell them how that applies to our life and what the real meaning is of those stories? Do you talk to your children? About God Christ and what the Bible says, or is this is what really goes on? Homework, social life, TV, music, the iPad, the laptop, the playtime, the sports. Is that what really has the priority? Which is it? And in the process, the Bible is sort of set aside. There's an old gospel song that tells a story. And the story simply is this. This individual said, I went into these people's house. I hunted and could not find the Bible. But when I found one, basically, there was Dust on the Bible. That old song is still being sung even today, but you still grasp its meaning, don't you? Dust on the Bible. Are we really helping our children? Are we helping ourselves to be wise, to be prepared where it really counts? Not how far they get in life, in their job. Not how far up the corporate ladder they can go. Not matter how much money they make. But are we making sure that if death comes this hour, they are ready to face the Lord in judgment. Are they the wise? Have we supplied them with what is necessary for them to face not only this life, face eternity. You see, we're right. And it is still true. We don't say this to be scary. We say it to tell the truth. We don't know when the end will come. No one knows the end of time. The Lord has not given us any signs to tell us that it's getting near. It's just not found. But another thing is also true. We really don't know the day we're going to die, do we? We just don't know. But the thing we need to be is to be ready. We have no guarantees that we'll make it home tonight. We have no guarantees that we'll wake up in the morning. We need to be prepared. The bridegroom come the five foolish were not ready. Not because they had oil, they run out. And when he came, they were not ready for him. What about today? What about this hour? Are you ready to face God in judgment? Are you ready to die knowing that you're prepared to face him and live eternity in heaven? If not, then you know what you need to do this evening to get your heart and your life Right that even this day when you leave here this evening, your heart is right with God. While together we stand and while we sing.